You have tuned in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross, the best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. And the New York Giants are Super Bowl champions. It's all coming up next on the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Quad. We've got all the exclusive recaps. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Sports Talk with Ace Man and the Quas. The Giants are now three-time Super Bowl champions thanks to a great win on Sunday, and they end the Patriots' bid at a perfect season. I'm Stephen Ackerman. And hi everybody, I'm Ethan Quasman. Welcome to the 30th episode of the Sports Talk here on Blog Talk Radio. I am pumped up. Hi everybody, Thursday night, February 7, 2008. We are going 90 minutes again. Because the New York Giants have their third Super Bowl championship. They stopped the Patriots 18-1. and It's forever engraved in the Patriots history books. The New York Giants have a parade on Tuesday. And the New York Giants are Super Bowl champions of 2007. How about that? I mean, unbelievable. What a game on Sunday. I mean, uh, from everything, uh, from you, you thought it was going to be an offensive game, it was a defensive game. And then the Giants with the miraculous comeback in the fourth quarter after uh, Randy Morse caught the touchdown. I mean, I think the Giants played a great game. They had to keep the score low to win the game, and they did that. And uh, at the end, uh, Eli Manning, Plaxico Burst, the defense, everybody pulled through. And it was uh, just unbelievable, unbelievable game. One of the best uh, Super Bowls I've ever seen. And speaking about Eli Manning, the MVP of Super Bowl 42, uh, he, he basically did everything – uh, he basically did everything uh, to get the Giants that, that last comeback win uh, in, in the Super Bowl. And, uh, of course, we got a call line right now. But, well, just uh, uh, wait. Before we take this call, just remind all of you, uh, you can call in at any time in the show, one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. 478 5118 Did I say that right? That's one six four six we got a call on the line right now, so we'll take it quickly uh, before we start getting to our show here. The 516 number, what's your name? Where are you calling from? We're on the sports doc, 8 on the clock. What's going on? Yo, what's up? Hey, hey. what's up, man? How's it going? Good. Good. Hello? Uh, Something's on your line. You know what? Um, you just call back into the program. You cannot call back in. I guess some of the lines a little messed up, a little cell phone-itis there. So just call back into our program. But, of course, as we were saying before, Scott, call Marshall, back in, all right? Yeah, call back in. 516 area code, call back in. We'll definitely put you on. Um, yeah, of course, Eli Manning, the MVP, back-to-back Manning years. Of course, they had that. Uh, they're going to always show the, um, 
the, the moment when the man is in the dugout, uh, I mean, the locker room, excuse me, in the, in the locker room, and Peyton is just in awe of Eli, of course, with that um, amazing touchdown pass. It was one of, one of the biggest, not touchdown pass, but one of uh, the pass of David Tyree, which is one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history. But, of course, you got the little Eli Manning segment for you. Let's take a look back at Eli Manning um, and the New York Giants, Super Bowl 42. Look at the New York Giants. It's all about Eli Manning and what he has done in the playoffs, three playoff games, is he has not turned the football over. If he can do that this afternoon, I expect the Giants to be right there at the end of it for this football game. And the three receivers out to the right on third down and five. Manning out of the shotgun gets good protection and the pass is caught at the 40 by Burris. And a passing situation. Pass rush coming in from the secondary, but the pass is caught by Steve Smith and a first down inside the 20-yard line. A nine-yard pickup against pressure. Linebackers then sucking up, which is what opens that lane then there for Boss. You see the route that he runs, and he well on route. Tom Coughlin would take the field goal or whether or not he would maybe go for it on four down. Thirty-four. MVP right there, Terry Bradshaw said it. Give him Congratulations to Eli Manning. Yes, uh, Un- unbelievable playoffs. I have to give the guy a real hand here. I Only mean, just... through one interception, 
on the entire playoffs. I'm going to be heard in the next segment. Then we'll go to the highlights. But only through one interception in the four games. 11 straight road wins. <coughs> Unbelievable job by Eli Manning. And uh, we, we do have a caller on the line right now. Uh, another 516 area code. 887 uh, number. calling from on the sports docket. Hello? 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 Calling in? Hello, 516-887 number. You're on the air. I don't know. It's weird. Not going. I don't know. You, Did they you call on the air? Line. Yeah, they'll have to call back in because... What's going on with the phone lines? <laughs> I don't know. What the hell is BTR doing? Well, maybe they, uh, the Giants... Uh... They went to Carvel to get Waffle Bowls. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> All right, well, uh, the call is all, everybody's trying to call in. Uh, we got a little phone lines are packed tonight, but uh, apparently nobody can hear us, so we can't hear anybody. So uh, just try to call back. Be patient. Uh, we will get you on the air, we promise. Yes, we will. And, again, you can call in that number at one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That's one. Apparently this damn uh, this, uh, button isn't working, whatever it is. I don't know. It's not working. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, call back in. Five one six. Erica, what's going on? Hello? Hey, what's up? It's, hey. Hello? Hey, what's hey. up? We can hear you now. All right, Steve. Uh, my cell phone wasn't connecting before, and then the house phone didn't connect. So. Okay, so it wasn't us. It was him. Okay, go ahead. Hello? Okay, that's fine. Well, I'm watching, on, the, I'm watching the Islander game right now, and at the same time, I'm seriously rethinking my life. <laughs> well, uh, the Islanders, are you rethinking your life because of the Islanders or just uh, in general? Well, I don't know. The Islanders disappoint me. The Nets disappoint me. Uh, I'm Nets. counting down the days for baseball season, so... Yeah, well, I really can't. Same thing here. right now that the Kings of New York, the New York Giants. Well, I am a Jets fan, but I was rooting for the Giants. It was an amazing game. Uh, yeah, what, was, was what was your favorite play of the game? Favorite play? Um, the throw to Tyree, but not the catch. Eli escaping a sure sack. It was just amazing to watch. Oh, that oh, was, was phenomenal. Like, it was Eli absolutely incredible. Uh, do you guys have any name ideas for that catch? Uh, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, they have been uh, saying this on WFAN. I've heard some How names. I haven't really Tyree. thought about it. Terrific Tyree? I don't know. I've heard uh, the Glendale grab. <laughs> I haven't that's really, I don't know. You, I, the thing is, you have to think, it's got to be uh, short and simple, short and sweet, in other words. And it's got to be something where when you say those words, you have to it, you automatically think of that place. So I'm not really sure. Well, like, they uh, never the gave Mer- a name. They never gave a name to the catch of Andy Chavez in Game Seven. Well, that's because the Mets lost. <laughs> yeah, so that, 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 <laughs> it was it would have stood out more if they won. I mean, the catch by Tyree, like like a, as uh, Troy Aikman said, like a basketball player, the way he extended his arms to make that, that catch. Was, that was, it was just great. No I, I only wish the Mets would have won that game, then uh, it would be known as one of the best catchers of all time. But now, 10 years, nobody's going to remember that catch, except for Mets fans, because, uh, you know, uh, they didn't win the game, so it really didn't mean anything. didn't mean anything at the end. Now, yeah, about your island is what you uh, came into a conversation about. They're really struggling right now. I think they, they, uh, should, they should consider unloading some uh, pieces, maybe to trade at the trade deadline, maybe to get some more young prospects. And about my other te- my other struggling team of affiliation, the Nets. Jason I, Kidd. I, I don't know. They got rid of Collins. They got yeah, rid of they, uh, Collins. I thought that was a pretty good trade to get uh, Swift, right? They got uh, 
Yeah. Swift? Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. think they should trade Jason Kidd? No, I I don't know why everybody thinks they trade Jason Kidd. He he's your all star. He's the king of triple doubles of this time. Him and Vince Carter are your two main guys. Carter hasn't been good. Kidd's been putting up fifteen, twenty points a game. But you take that out, you're getting killed. Do you think that uh do you think that the Nets can win anything this year? If not, do you think that it's worth keeping Jason Kidd? If they have a chance at the playoffs, and I know they're teetering in that eighth spot right now, I that think... That is true. I mean, I, a, you know they've... I'm sorry to cut you off here, uh, but they've had such a bad season, but they're still in the playoff race because the Eastern Conference is terrible. So, I mean, you could consider keeping Kidd, but are you really going to beat the Celtics or the Pistons in the playoffs if you if you make it that far? you got to think of that... Well, did anyone think the Giants would be the Patriots? No, that's that's a good point. Boston's uh, reign is done. Let me ask you something. Who won the Super Bowl in 1986? New York Giants. Who won the World Series in 1986? The New York Giants. Well, actually, it's not completely right because who won the the Super Bowl in 69? I know what you're getting at. The Jets. Who won the World Series in 69? Yeah, it's it's absolutely. And, yeah, in 2000, also, the Giants and the Mets both lost. It's not to the right because the uh, Mets in 86, they won before the Giants did. So in order for the Mets to win 2008, the Mets would be like in reverse. The Mets would win after the Giants. Same year, same year. I know, same thing. By the way, with the NBA standings right now, the Nets, if the season ended today, they would make the playoffs at 20 and 29. They stink. How pathetic is that? You can make the playoffs in the NBA. They've lost their last five games. Every day I check expecting to be in 10th place. And they're still in eighth place with the same teams trailing them. The Pacers and the Bulls are trailing them by uh, a half a game. The Knicks are up by five games. The Knicks are in 14th place. And the Miami Heat are 9-38. They're 28-and-a-half behind Boston. Well, I know Friday and Saturday, I think they got the Mavericks and the Timberwolves, so. Okay. Uh, that's, well, Mavericks, uh, you're going to lose, but uh, Timberwolves should be a game that you win. I hey, think right at least... At least they're not Minnesota. Yeah, uh, Tim will. Yeah, let's, have, uh, have they won? Have they won ten games yet? Have they won ten games yet? Minnesota is ten thirty-seven. Right now, the only thing lately exciting in MSG outside of the Rangers is the Giants players making their uh, daily appearances at games. I mean, oh, of course. Yeah, the Giants players get more cheers than uh, James Dolan and uh, Isaiah Thomas at the Knicks games. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I think uh, McCorders had a fire Isaiah sign on him. I, I everybody wants a fire Isaiah. I heard uh, that um, I heard rumors that from some people who went to the parade and also on WFAN that there were some fire Isaiah chants at the Giants parade the other day. <laughs> Unbelievable! Oh my God, he just goes everywhere these chants. Crazy. All right, um, thanks so much for the call, man. All right, thanks, Scott. Keep up the good work. See you, see you later, thanks, Scott. Man. Peace out. Yeah. Of course, uh, that's uh, one of our big callers there, Scott from Lindbergh, uh, calling in to share his thoughts on the New York Icelanders and, of course, the New York Giants. Again, you can call into our program, and we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to be right We back. will have a few Giants bloggers on the show later. Yes, we will. At 8.30, we're going to be having on Michael Warren of Giants 101. He reports for Most Valuable Network, NBN.com, and... Uh, popular Giants blog, Edward Valentine of Big Blue View will join us to talk Giants football in a roundtable 
Super Bowl and uh, just looking back at the magical scene, the season that ended in a giant Super Bowl victory. Right back after this. The sports docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Taking sports a little bit here. We'll switch the NBA a little bit. So the season's just getting out the way now. So do you think, uh, we'll start with the meal this time. Think it's true or false? Will the San Antonio Spurs repeat as NBA champions? Um, you know, I'm tempted to say false because every year you can make a case why they shouldn't, but every year they seem to be the best team. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say probably. I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're true. They're going to repeat. Uh, my opinion is, uh, my prediction is, I think they're going to have a down year, and all of a sudden they're going to bring Evil and Gorion into the dressing room after every game. <laughs> they're going to peak at the right time and win it again. Which they do. <laughs> Which I think we would all peak if she walked into our locker room, you know, guys? <laughs> Tony Parker is a lucky man. I, yeah, I agree with that. I, they're, they're my favorite team just because of that. <laughs> When you watch those games in the NBA Finals, they show more shots of Evil and Gordon <laughs> yeah, exactly. than they uh, do with actually the players. Send something to that cameraman, am I right? <laughs> the smart man, he knows what the viewers That's want right. to watch. Exactly. <laughs> You're listening to Ace Man and the Quas. The phone number to call in is 1-646-478-5118. That's 1-646-478-5118. If you have a question and you would not like to come on the air, you can contact Aceman at MetsFanatic910 at AOL.com. That's MetsFanatic910. And you can contact the Quas at Quaster06 at AOL. If you would like to advertise at this spot, please contact us at one of those two screenings. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Ace Man of the Quas, episode number 30. We hope you're enjoying it. This we have a call is, uh, on the line right now. Oh, we have a call on the line, okay. 516 area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on the sports docket with Ace Man of the Quas. What's going on? Hello? Hey. Yes. Hey, what's up? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm calling in about what Scott was saying about Jason Kidd being the king of triple doubles. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, honestly, I don't think Jason Kidd can be considered the king of triple doubles when you got Steve Nash in the Western Conference tearing it up again. Uh, Steve Nash, uh, speaking of the Phoenix Suns, by the way, uh, they just acquired Shaquille Neal yesterday. Uh, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Uh, we haven't even gotten to that yet. But, uh, Steve, Nash, Steve Nash is by far, it's not even close right now, the best point guard in the NBA. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you make a great point about Steve Nash. Uh, so, Joe, uh, how excited are you about uh, Johan Santana and the Mets upcoming this season? Oh, I am ecstatic. I got my tickets all ready to go. You're damn right. Nice. Yeah, I'm going. Let's I got my tickets. Day. I'm ready to go. So am I. I can't wait for the next uh, upcoming baseball season. Yeah, uh, I'm, did I'm you waiting happen? for those playoffs, baby. Those playoffs, they're coming. No, it's coming I, I re- March 31st, opening day. 
I can't wait. Uh, end of March. Uh, the quest for a championship. This is the last year of Shea Stadium. I we would like to uh, send it out in a nice way. And uh, so, did you happen uh, to watch the Super Bowl? Yes, I did. So, what did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was a great game. I, I honestly, I didn't expect it to be a, such a low-scoring game, but it was a defensive struggle, and that's, those are the games that you want to see on football. Okay, I, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think me, I think you, I think I speak for almost everybody when I say this. I think that a lot of people expected a much higher-scoring game. I mean, with the Patriots, what did they average? About 35 points a game during the regular season. And the Giants, you know, they weren't that much lower than that. The defenses of these two teams were criticized a little. You know, the Patriots are a little old. The Giants are a little uh, small. And they wouldn't be able to contain all the Patriots receivers. But uh, the defense uh, dominated this game until the fourth quarter. And then the Patriots uh, scored to take the lead. And the Giants answered right back. So the Giants, I mean, they played through a lot of adversity. I think it doesn't matter what people think because uh, or people are expected because the NFL got a, of course, their highest rated Super Bowl ever. I mean, it's it smashed uh, the previous record. So, I mean, uh, the NFL knew they'd be in for a good game. They didn't know it'd be this good though. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you got anything else? Got anything else, Russ? Uh, not really. Just uh, just wanted to also say the Tyree catch. It was a great catch, but the reason they haven't given it a name is. It wasn't that great. What do you mean? They, you see those kind of catches. You see those serious catches all season long. Another one in the Super Bowl. Really, it's nothing. If it were for a touchdown, it might be different. But if, it, but I mean, it was more the Eli Manning scramble than it was the catch itself. Okay, Joe. Thanks so much for the call and uh, good luck to New Jersey Nets. All right. I saw his New Jersey um, Nets. <laughs> of course, Joe from Lindbrook. Lindbrook is calling with us tonight. And of course, Lindbrook is representing tonight. Yeah, it is. I want to comment on what Joe said on the Tyree catch. Of course, you know, everything in the Super Bowl, I will begin, and we will get into this with Edward and Michael when they're on, but everything gets so scrutinized uh, in the Super Bowl. And, of course, we did hear some calls on the line um, that were on the line before. And they can call back in and we'll definitely put them on. We had to see one of my before. So, uh, call back in. We got a, um, I think it's a Skype caller, uh, Blank area code. You're on the sports talk with Adrian LaCoste. What's going on? Hello? Hello. Hey, what's going on, man? What's your name? Where are you calling from? My name's Rashad, and I'm fat. What? Hello? Hello. I'm Chris Shahada. What's going on? Nothing. What do you got for us? What do you got for us? Got anything for us? Um, the Mets are terrible. Gotta just tell you that. How are they terrible? Are you kidding? No. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying they're terrible. Rangers are down two to one. GTK and what else? What so you're a Ranger fan? No, I'm an Islander fan. Of course. No, you're a Ranger fan. <laughs> okay, well, I think this is Brendan. All right, Brendan, we're not going to start this call online right now. We have a nine, we're going to get back to one second. We got a 973 area code. You're on the sports topic. What's going on? Hi, Ethan. This is your cousin Alan from New Jersey. Hey, what's going on, Alan? How you doing? Hey, guy. What's up? 
I'm doing good. I just wanted to respond to the caller before last who said that that, uh, that play from Manning to Tyree was not getting named because the catch wasn't good enough in a touchdown. Okay. I, I don't I don't think that's the case. Uh, matter of fact, uh, WFAN has been struggling with trying to, to identify a name for that play yeah, no, all day long. <laughs> and they've yeah, been taking um, calls. Okay. And uh, they on their website they've got uh, like a nine you can choose from, and I came up with my own uh, earlier today, uh, but I couldn't call it in. And the, the one that I came up with tonight was the two prong phenom. Wow, that's good. So uh, that's terrible. It was one of the greatest catches uh, ever in Super Bowl history. Uh, there was two phases to it, and the the catch was. Just as phenomenal, if not more phenomenal, than the scramble piece of it. Yeah, and Alan, and of course, you being a longtime Giants fan, uh, and of course, you witnessed the uh, Super Bowl 25 against the Bills, uh, the Norwood catch, the whole thing. Which Super Bowl was more meaningful for you as a Giants fan? Was it this one or was it Super Bowl 25? Well, this this one here, uh, not only was it fresher in my mind, but it was it was play by play. So exciting. It had you on the edge of your seat for three hours straight, and you always had that sense during the entire game that even though the Giants were playing great, that somehow or another Brady was going to come through at the end and the Patriots were going to win because that's what they've been doing at least the last part of the season when the Patriots started uh, showing a little bit of vulnerability and they weren't uh, winning by, you know, 30 points a game. So when there was two minutes and 35 seconds left in the game, after Brady did his thing and drove down the field, there was a sense it was going to happen one more time. So those last two minutes and 35 seconds were just just great, unbelievable. And I think it was one of those, those games and, and one of those giant victories that's at least once in a decade or a generation or perhaps a lifetime. Yeah, and, uh, no, no, no doubt about that, of course. And, uh, Alan, thanks so much for calling in and sharing your thoughts. And, of course, uh, every Giants fan, much more fresher in their mind. You look at parallels from Michael Strahan to Lauren Taylor. But I think, you know, um, you can also look with Eli Manning to Phil Sims. And well, uh, Manning only in his fourth year coming through like this. Yeah, I mean – it's amazing, this Eli Manning, how he changed so drastically uh, from, you know, five weeks ago. I mean, before that Patriot game, week 17, uh, he was just an average quarterback. He was an average Joe. He was uh, very disappointing because his last name was Manning, and, you know, he was nowhere even close to Peyton Manning. And now five weeks later, Peyton and Eli each have the same amount of Super Bowls in their uh, career. So, uh, Do I still want to hear? Yeah, yeah, go on. Uh, I was going to say that uh, Phil Sims mentioned about uh, a week ago that uh, when he was four years into his career, he, w- he was struggling to be a starter, so that everybody was kind of premature in, in judging Eli and that uh, it's not uncommon for a quarterback to take four or five years to start coming into his own. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, with a different, you know, different people take, you know, longer time longer times to uh, mature and develop as players. I mean, Eli Manning was one of those guys who just took three, four years, and, you know, the key for him wasn't because he didn't have talent or wasn't because he wasn't seeing the field. 
the key for him was that he was rushing too much, I think, and that he finally sl- he slowed the game down and looked at all of his options, and he's finally becoming a mature and a quality NFL quarterback. Alan, not to mention his uh, great attitude you know, that he plays with. You know, he's a quiet guy, but at the same time, you know, he gets to be a leader now. He's showing his leadership ability with the New York Giants. Well, it's interesting. When when you're losing, you're you're a country bumpkin, and when you're you're winning, it's like you got a you got a great attitude and a, and a cool demeanor about you, and it's, everything's fine. No question about that. Alan, thanks for the call, man. One more comment, if I got time. Okay, one more comment. And then I'll, I'll, I'll hang up. I just wanted to mention something that you guys may not be familiar with. Uh, Carl Banks was on the air the other day. He was one of the great linebackers from the 80s and 90s from my time. Played for the Giants, and, right? Yeah, Giants linebacker. And he, one of the, uh, the the problems that Manning had was everybody was comparing to, to how quickly Roethlisberger was, uh, was coming into his own. And Carl Banks, man... Uh, said some interesting things, and what he said was that the offense that they have Roethlisberger running is is very much less complicated than the Giants' offense, and he has a lot less to deal with, a lot less checkoffs, and that uh, he couldn't run the New York offense because it'd be too much, too many checkoffs, too complicated, and he wasn't ready for it. So I thought that was kind of an interesting comment, and I'll leave you guys now. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Thanks so much, Alan, and sharing all your thoughts and. Uh, uh, on the New York Giants. Thanks so much. Bye bye now. Okay, great. See you soon. All right, of course, that's uh, my cousin Alan uh, from New Jersey calling in. Um, now we do have. Um, now we're gonna put Scott back on for a second. Uh, Scott, and then we're gonna get to um, our segment with Michael Warren and Edward Valentine. You uh, better get on the line. So Scott, you're on the air. Make it quick. Hey, Scott, you back on the air? I don't know if Scott's on the air. Scott, hello? He's not on the air. So, um, All right, Scott, we'll take your call after. Yes, we're going we're gonna to be having on Michael Warren of Big Blue View and also um, Michael Warren of Giants 101 and Edward Valentine of Big Blue View to join us here. Hold on, man. Yeah, I think he's back in the line now. Scott, you on the line? Tomorrow afternoon, DWS. Commando versus Susanberry. If you're in the Limburg area, approach me or any of my partners tomorrow to come to the match. And Joe Mazza, if you want to show up, you have a lot of pain coming your way. And that's all I have to say about that. BWF tomorrow afternoon, NBC Memorial Arena. Be there. That, of okay. course, is... Uh, okay, thanks for that we'll see you soon. That is, uh, if you, those of you who don't know, if you live in the Limburg area, uh, some wrestling tomorrow after school at Mike Valenti's house. Uh, the Basement Wrestling Federation. We have a few matches, a championship match. And uh, head out there. Uh, talk to Scott or Mike Valenti tomorrow in school, and they will tell you all about it. Okay, now let's we have to, our uh, let's a round table. Hello, is this um, Edward Valentine at Big Blue View? Hello? Why? Hello? 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 Uh, I think I and I'll let him make sure a couple of 516 numbers on the line, so I want to make sure we have the uh, right. Hello, is this uh, Michael Warren of Giants 101? Hello? It is. How are you? Okay, thank hey. you so much for joining us. I-, I just want to see if Edward's on the line, and then we'll get right to the segment. No problem. Uh, is this Edward Valentine? Awesome. Hello? 516592 area code? Hello? Uh, uh, is it? I don't know. Uh, hello? 
Hello? All right, good. Okay, well, okay so Michael Warren right now, uh, Giants going to want to join us. And I guess, Michael, before we get to all the Super Bowl festivities, um, first tell us a little bit about your blog and what do you guys do over at NVN.com. Uh, surely. Well, at NVN, we have the uh, Giants 101 blog going on. We have frequent updates. Um, it's a good place to come for discussion, and we have a lot of good news, really great writers over there. And, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be posting Tuesdays, Thursdays, and during the season I do Sunday uh, recaps of the game, and that's what I'm doing there. Hey, uh, Ed, uh, Ed Valentine, are you here? Uh, I don't think he's on yet. Okay, so first, so, so let's just get back to... Um, uh, so, so we have Michael Warren from uh, Giants101 at MVN.com. Yeah, he's joining us right now. All right, Michael, okay, of course, let's start. Um, after Tyreek Hatch, what was your first reaction uh, watching the game at home sitting on the couch? I was actually at the game. Oh, wow. Yes, I had the pleasure of being there to witness the catch. No, 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 How were your seats? My seats were actually very good. They were 50-yard line, 16 rows back. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. Did you get a press pass to get those seats, something like that? No, I didn't. My dad's actually just in the advertising business, so he hooked me up. Uh, you got to have connections. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, you you saw a great game. Uh, tell us a little bit about that catch. What was your like, uh, first reaction? Yeah, of course. That That catch was one of the best catches um, in Super Bowl history, although it's been said time and time again. When I was there, the place just exploded. First off, there was I felt that there was more Giants fans there than New England fans. I mean, even if it weren't real Giants fans, nobody was rooting for New England. And when that catch was made, I, I think everybody just got that feeling that there was a chance. Because right before that, everybody was, okay, back to the uh, Giants. Just gave up an easy play on third down, and everybody was looking down. But after that play, I think everybody just started to feel like, all right, we do have a chance, and that was just a pivotal moment in the game. Okay, uh, of course, um, do you have a name for that Tyree catch? I've been talking about their name. You don't like to associate with that catch, or you have to come up with one? Mmm, tough call. Uh, I don't know, why don't you throw a few out there? I'll see which one sticks. I was thinking terrific Tyree or Glendale Grab, but I don't know. Yeah, that'd be terrific, Tyree. Something, something with miraculous, maybe, or the one-handed or the helmet catch. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough to figure out a name for that catch. I mean, I, you could simply call it like the play or something. The play, but how many are? are I mean, Eric to play. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's tough. It's tough. Now, what I wanted to ask you about was uh, the quarterback Eli Manning. I mean, how far has this guy come in such a short period of time? He, his transition into a top quarterback in this league has just been a pleasure to watch. The beginning of the season he he started off, he showed some he showed spots where he, he showed that he could he could do it, he had it in him and then he would just lose it. And he's he was started off very inconsistent and you know, as the season went by he digressed, he started throwing more interceptions, just kept on making those mental errors that quarterback in the league just should have gotten over by then and you know mid-season I I remember I was on NBN and just everybody just kind of gave up on him everybody was ready to move on there were people talking about drafting a quarterback in the first round and the second round of course those are extremists but he just uh he wasn't getting it done and then it just 
at some point it just seemed like it clicked. It clicked. And, um, I mean, he came on at the end, and that's when it really counts. And historically throughout his career, he has been coming on at the end. He's been known to uh, be able to really anchor that offense in the fourth quarter, running the hurry up, and kind of symbolically, he came through at the uh, end of the season when it really mattered and played the best games of his career, and now he's looking to be uh, quite the pickup. Uh, let's get to, of course, um, uh, Tom Coughlin there, Eli Manning, the two anchors of the Super Bowl victory, but Tom Coughlin has... Um, been pushing the slogan all year long. I mean, he came to training camp with this, talk is cheap, play the game. And how do you think, you know, that that slogan and Tom Coughlin's, like, uh, new attitude, he's more, uh, more passive, he's more laid back. How do you think that has helped the Giants to get where they were and to win the whole thing? I think that helped the Giants tremendously. I think that when he first came in with this no-nonsense attitude and the whole – if you're not at practice five minutes before, then you're late. Was It, it kind of caught everybody off guard, like, okay, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? He hasn't really done much, especially the veterans like Strahan, and they just were kind of they, – they, were, they weren't feeling it. And uh, once Coughlin realized that he had to kind of be a little bit more flexible with the personalities, and, you know, then he set up the, the leadership conference or what, whatever you'd call that, that, that was really – he started connecting with the players, and they they started to buy into the system because he started listening to what they had to say. And once that started happening, I think that everything just started going a lot more smoothly. And, you know, everybody just, like I said, they bought in, and that's a big part about being a team, like believing in your coach and, think, and realizing that he does know what he's talking about and he does deserve the respect that he garners as coach. Um. Now, I know the uh, Super Bowl just ended and Giant fans are thrilled, but eventually next year will come too. And uh, with that, uh, the Giants obviously will uh, need to add some pieces in free agency and uh, maybe uh, some trades. So what do you think is the biggest position that they can prove in as far as next year goes? If anything. Uh, I think that you you have to start with the uh, secondary. You have to. Um, Getting a, another another good young cornerback in there would be great. I know it's a pipe dream, but Asante Samuel would be very nice. Although towards the end with with Webster emerging, it looked like you know it, it it might be all right, but just that extra piece would be great. And uh, we'll have to wait to see what happens with Jabril if uh, if he's re-signed. Obviously, Butler is not the guy for the job. I would love to see him go and. Uh, I mean, I think you definitely have to address the safety position. Uh, that it's one of the two, cornerback or safety, has to be addressed first and foremost. I think once you can do that, you really shore up the uh, the defense. And with Spagnuolo coming back and having a secondary that can produce and having that consistent pressure still from the front line, defense will be a force to be reckoned with. No, no call with that. No, no doubt about that. And speaking of, of course, with pieces and Reese's pieces, uh, Jerry Reese, of course, you know, with the bringing in of guys like Kalika uh, Mitchell and Arthur McCord, and, and, you know, guys that kind of under the radar, like a Matt Bradshaw, they're going into the season, and now you look at the contribution of the Giants. What do you think about you know, the moves that Jerry Reese made in the offseason, which eventually led to the Giants' date with destiny? 
Jerry Reese did a phenomenal job this season. I know people were getting on him for not going after those big-name free agents, but you looked at the contracts that these guys were getting signed to, and it just didn't add up. And you see, it, you know, he, it's kind of a maybe a Billy Bean-type approach. You get you – get, uh, production out of these guys even though they're they're not signed to these huge contracts you see the guys that are gonna that are gonna work hard and play the way that giant football should be played and he just did a phenomenal job the draft i mean i i can't think of one free uh, one rookie that didn't contribute to this uh gi- this giants team and uh i think he did a great job kavika mitchell i mean can't say enough about the guy he he really came on at the end and was a you know a big part of the uh of the defense, and um, I'm actually writing an article right now about the people that he let go this season, and you look, you look at the seasons that these guys had this year, and you kind of see the logic in uh, in his uh, his moves. I mean, half of the guys that he let go are out of the league right now, and, you know, it, it, after that first season, now with the Super Bowl, you have to be confident going into this offseason. You know, a few of the Giants' uh, main pieces left from the 2000 Super Bowl, of course, where they lost to the Ravens 34-7, was uh, two guys in uh, Michael Strahan and Amani Toomer. So how do you think it feels for them to finally get their Super Bowl rings after a long, after a very long wait, after having a bad taste in their mouths in 2000? Oh, it's got to be huge for them. I mean, as a football player, that's all you strive for year in and year out. And, I mean... Can't say enough about Amani Toomer. I feel like he didn't get the uh, he didn't get the attention that he deserved this season. I mean, this guy has been giving his all year in and year out. Been a very quiet guy, just a consistent, solid guy. And if anybody deserved this, it's him. And I mean, Strahan has been a centerpiece for this defense for years and years, and he deserved it just as much. And I'd, I'd love to see him back next season if he's healthy and willing. Okay, and also, I wanted to ask you now, uh, the draft is coming up in April. I mean, are there a few guys that the Giants are possibly eyeing as uh, main guys that they would want to add to their team for next year? You know, I'm not actually too draft savvy. Um, As I said, the safeties is a big spot. Uh, I don't know by name. Uh, One guy on our site, Rich O'Callaghan, he... uh, he covers all of the, uh, the draft pieces, but I mean, you have to, you have to like uh, after last draft, you have to just be confident in the uh, in Jerry Reese's scouting abilities. They clearly know what they're doing, and I, you know, whoever they get, I'm going to be confident with. After everybody, you have to just kind of, you know, respect what they're doing. After the they brought in Messiah Kiwanuka, who everybody scratched their heads at. Aaron Ross, people didn't think was the right choice, and both of them have proven to be great picks, so I'm going to be happy no matter who they pick. And also, how glad the Giants are that Steve Spagnuolo is not going to Washington. I mean, just came to the work today, but the young Belichick entering the uh, Giants defense, how glad are they that he's, he's staying in New York? They are ecstatic, just as every Giants fan should be. I mean, to have him back... I would even consider the offseason a success right now because that was huge. Not only bringing back the type of defensive mentality that he did to this team, but just the consistency of having that guy, that same guy back. That, you know, not for nothing, that goes a long way with the defense. And that, that will have, that will, uh, 
that will help uh, Strahan make his decision too. That could that could be the reasoning for him coming back now, and you know having him back is just huge. And I've also heard I don't know if this is true yet, but I mean uh, I heard that he there's a chance that he takes over the assistant head coach job, and um, you know I'm all for that because to have that kind of guy waiting in the wings, I would feel very confident in the future. All right, now um, of course uh, the Giants. Not only beat the Patriots, but you beat Bill Belichick. I mean, uh, first of all, how good did that feel? And second of all, did you think uh, he was uh, being unsportsmanlike when he went off the field early before the game ended? Or did you think it was just like uh, a little overplayed by the media? Well, first off, I was very happy to beat Bill Belichick, the most easily hated guy in the NFL, maybe behind Tom Brady. He's, I mean, I've never really cared for him much. Um, Boston, I mean, who cares about them? Nobody likes Boston. That's very true. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, to beat him and just to beat the Patriots is such a huge thing. It just it just makes you feel so good about your team. And regarding the, the his move at the end, yeah, I thought it was a little unsportsmanlike. He's, a, he's historically not a good loser. He's kind of a sore loser, but, I mean... It was a little overplayed by the media, but at the same time, you're a head coach in the NFL. You have to be, you know, more respectful for than that. And no special about that. I'm going to end on that note. And uh, once again, uh, Michael Warren, thanks so much for joining us and thank you on the Giants. And once again, where can people check out uh, your blog, the website, the whole thing? Uh, MDN.com/NFL-Giants. Okay, thanks so much, Michael, for joining us, and we'll see you soon. And, uh, before you go, once again, congratulations on winning Super Bowl 42, and good luck to you and your Giants in the future. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. No Great. problem. Come anytime. Okay. Uh, of course, here's Michael Warren, and we got a uh, 516 number on the line. Well, uh, let's take a little break right now. We'll take the call right after the break. How about okay, that? We'll be right back after this. Your New York Giants are Super Bowl champions, and the sports docket had all the coverage. Manning from the Patriots' 13-yard line. Five seconds on the play clock. Manning calling signals. Manning, lobs it left, towards the end zone. Wide open, touchdown, Burris. Touchdown, touchdown, Giants. And we gain the lead, 16-14, with 35 seconds to go. A 13-yard touchdown to Pesco Boris puts the Giants only 35 seconds away from completing the impossible and becoming the NFL champions. How about that? How about that? Just kidding. Even though we didn't have the calls, we sure set you up for, for the big game. And we sure had a great recap for you tonight. So keep your internet radio dial locked in to the sports docket every Thursday night at 8 to 9 for great calls or great in-depth analysis like that. Now you can call into our program at 1-646-478-5118. That's 1-646-478-5118. Now, back to the sports docket with Ace-Man and the Quad. Sports Talk Now! Number one station for New York Sports on Blog Talk Radio 
is the sports doctor at 8 the o'clock. Every Thursday night at 8. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Quas. We hope you're enjoying episode number 30. I mean, this has been very fun so far with the uh, Giants. And, of course, um, we haven't even gotten to Johan Santana yet, so we got another 40 minutes. Uh, you can call in, of course, 1-646-478-5118. That's 1-646-478-5118. And you we do have a caller on the line right now, a 516-592 number. Hello, yeah, you're on the sports docket. Oh, Yo. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Nothing. Um, do you think the Giants are better without shocking? No, that's a good question. Um, no, I mean, they did go 4-1 after shocking left. I, I just think it's quick I don't think there's any. I'm not going to put much risk. I mean, Kevin Boss didn't. not like Kevin Boss. If, let's say Kevin Boss went out there and played, you know, he had like five receptions per game, then I would say, yeah, they're better out Shockey. But Kevin Boss really didn't go out there and uh, put those kind of numbers up. So I'm just saying, Switchman, I don't think Shockey getting hurt was an uh, impact on the team. But what I got to say about that is uh, I think that Jeremy Shockey, I mean, was it just coincidence or was it after Shockey left that the Giants won this big streak and Eli Manning started to play the best football of his career? I mean, uh, Jeremy Shockey, while he's more talented than Kevin Boss, well, I think that he causes distractions on the field, and I think that was a big factor in how Eli Manning played at the end of the season. Well, you know, that's a good question that you posed, uh, because also, uh, you know, there were some rumors going around the Giants, uh, the Giants locker room that Shockey was kind of uh, the big ego trip, and that he got annoyed when Manning never passed the ball to him. So that's a good point. Uh, by the way, I th- uh, thank you for waiting on the line. Of course, uh, you had to wait on the line during the last interview, but uh, yeah, go so ahead. Much. Still there? Hello. Hello. Hey, you got anything else for us? Anything else? Um, do you think that Jets are going to do any better next year? Um, yeah, I definitely think they will. I mean, uh, yeah, they're not going to go four and twelve again. I think uh, four and twelve. I think you could really only go up. I'm 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 kind of interested uh, to see what the Jets can do uh, regarding as the draft goes. I mean, and regarding uh, Adelius Thomas is available, by the way. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys who are available. You know, free agency, the draft. I'm kind of interested in what the Jets are going to do. I mean, are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they going to trade for a quarterback? Are they going to let Kellen Clemens and Chad Pankton play it out again? And yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah, which quarterback do you think play? What? Which quarterback do you think can play? Well, I think that uh, I think that should be open. Uh, I think that should be an open competition in training camp. I think that uh, Pankton and Clemens. I don't really think there's a clear cut number one. I think that both of them could uh, be successful in this league. And uh, I think that – but if you ask me uh, for this year, I think one of them will be the quarterback but for the future. I don't think it will be either one of them for a couple of years down the road. Okay, man. Thanks so much for the call, and we'll see you soon. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, bye-bye. All right, we got a 954 area code. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on the sports talk. Eight o'clock. o'clock. What's going on? Hello? Hey. Nine, five, hey. Nine, five, hey, we got somebody on the line. What's up? Hey, what's going on? What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm David from Tennessee. 
Oh, wow, we're going global from Tennessee. What's going on? We're going global. This is about the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, watch the yeah. Bulls. Great game. Um, I was there. Excuse me, uh, what would you say? We couldn't hear you for a sec. I was there. Oh, you yeah, were how there? How was it? Did you have a good time? Have a good time yeah. there? Oh, it was good and all, but it was how were your seats? They were good. They were nice. Good. So, uh, were you rooting for the Giants or the Patriots? Yeah, you know, I think that's a bad line, but... Hello? Yeah, no, you can call back in, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people... If you ask a game, definitely call us in and share us, you know, how what it was like. You know, Steve, I don't think we're ever going to get to Yelp and Santana because we're piling up on the phone line. We got another 954 area code, maybe the same place. What's going on? You're on the sports docket. Hello. Hello. Nine five four. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah, hi. Oh, what's the name? Where are you calling from? Tennessee. 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 We got no Tennessee okay. calling, man. How are we getting these calls from Tennessee? Hey, what's going on, huh? man? Hey, what's going on? Nothing. So, what do you got for us? Um, I was just online, and something happened. Oh. Oh, cool. So, um, but yeah, I was telling you I wanted the Super Bowl. Are you there? Okay. Did you watch yeah. it? Yeah. So, yeah. Were, did you root for the Giants? The Patriots, you know. Oh. Sad. Uh, well, you know, they won three, though. In the, yeah, uh, yeah but the, the one I was there, they had to lose. So you're from Tennessee, no. but you don't you don't like the Tennessee Titans? No, they suck. Really? Yeah. I thought you don't like Vince Young. You don't like uh, that whole team that they got there. I mean, he's good and all, but his whole team sucks. <laughs> he's like, you know. Well, they beat the Jets this year. That's a nice way to talk about your home oh. team. They're, they're yeah. so good for the Jets. Yeah. <sighs> all right, thanks for the call, man. Thanks so much. All right, you're welcome. All right, Keep bye, your bye. Diet. Okay, great. All right, we got another 954 caller. You're on the sports zone. What is this? Hello. Hi. Hi. Is there something wrong with the phone lines in Tennessee or something? Oh, no. uh, Nothing's wrong. Nothing. Hello? Hi. All right. Yeah, we'll get to you guys later. Thanks so much for um, sharing in your thoughts on the Giants. Someone tells me it's a prank. Um, you don't just uh, get three I, random Tennessee callers in a row. Yeah, well, the first call seemed real. After that, you know, I, I was kind of thinking, uh, since when do we know people down in Tennessee? Um, anyway, thanks so much, Tennessee, for um, giving us a call. <laughs> well, maybe was, I don't know. I got, I, I'm going to look up the 954 area code. I'm going to see uh, where that's from. Uh, yeah. I kind of think it was a prank. Anyway, it helps us get listeners, so that's nice. Um, well, no, you know, we haven't gotten a chance here with all these callers. I mean, keep calling. We uh, thank you. We appreciate it a lot for all these callers. We haven't gotten a chance to get to Johan Santana yet. He officially became a man on Wednesday, and, uh, of course, uh, oh, and, yeah. this is one of the, one of the biggest that. trades in New York Met history, and they signed him to a six-year, $137.5 million deal with incentives. Uh, to be in uh, the good pinstripes, the blue and orange pinstripes for uh, until 2014 or beyond. 
So uh, congratulations to Johan, and uh, we look forward to having uh, many good years with him. And I, I hope he brings us a championship. We're going to number 57 coming to Shea, and we're going to do a quick break, and then we're going to look back uh, the press conference, of course, on Wednesday to introduce him. Uh, yeah, we're going to look at the press conference for Johan Santana that took place on Wednesday. We're going to give you some sound bites from it. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll be right back on Ace Man of the Cross. After this. Hello, Mets fans. Are you looking for a show that covers the Mets inside and out? Then there's a show for you. The Seven Train Shea Mets Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. Join Matt, Greg, Mike, and special guests all season long with inside analysis on games, news, rumors, the minor leagues, and more. Post your opinion or ask a question by calling into the show. The show is on every Saturday at 1.30. Trust the latest Mets news, rumors, opinions, and show schedules. Visit our website at www.7trainshade.blogspot.com. For Mets fans, by Mets fans, it's the 7 Train Shade Radio Show. And welcome back to the uh, Sports Docket, 857 on a uh, Thursday night in New York City. We're going 90, 90 minutes tonight, so we'll be done by 9.30. And let's take a look back at Johan Santana's press conference, the whole thing. Number 57, coming to shade. It's a historic day today uh, for the New York Mets franchise. Uh, it's a historic day uh, for New York baseball. Um, as you say, the past weekend has been uh, a fun-filled weekend for sports fans. Uh, we want to congratulate the New York Giants as an organization. But we today officially or unofficially start baseball. And uh, we're so excited today, I'm here today, uh, to introduce uh, our pitcher, our latest pitcher, Johan Santana. Welcome to New York, Johan. Okay? Well... Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you know, everybody for uh, being here. It's a pleasure for me and my family to be now part of Matt's family, for the local family for making this possible. Yes, Fred, Omar, thank you very much. Peter, now we've done it with all you guys all together. It's a pleasure. I'm you know, looking forward to uh, all this throughout you know, my career. All I want to do is... Uh, Play the game, enjoy everything that I do, and, and I know that now is going to be the time, you know, to keep doing what I've been doing. It's a new chapter in my career. Looking forward to that, and I'm going to try to uh, make uh, all my time here very special. Going to have a good time together, and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to uh, have a good time here in New York. Thank you. It just it just makes everyone better, really. It's not just the starting staff but be able to go deep into a game from a bullpen also. I mean, he's a you know, charismatic kind of guy. I've got you to know him a little bit. He's, he's a very confident individual and real confident bunch. But when you add someone of his caliber... Uh, yeah, I think also it helps us turn the page a little bit from last year. He brings a lot of positive energy moving ahead to training. And I think uh, a small handful of, I think, true ace uh, in the game. And I think Johan's at the top of that list. That, of course, is the uh, 
Johan Santana, press conference, some sound bites from uh, Santana himself, Omar Minaya, Willie Randolph, and David Wright. In the background, you hear a little bit of the uh, Santana music by um, the uh, guys uh, over YouTube. Uh, they did a song on Santana as soon as he arrived in that uniform. Forget the name, name slipped for a moment, but uh, they're on SNY Weekly, Mess Weekly, and you can find them out. I think it's like Beavis and the Butthead just come down now. But uh, anyway, that's their Johan Santana song. And uh, well, I'm very excited to have him as uh, become a Met. And of course, uh, you heard in that soundbite, it was first Omar Minaya, and then Johan Santana talk about how he wants to be in New York and how he's going to embrace it. And then also Willie Randolph and David Wright talking about uh, the acquisition of uh, the new ace in town, Johan Santana. Omar really? Minaya cer- certainly pulled the ace out of the cards. Uh, no question about that. I mean, the biggest movie all season by far. And with Santana coming to Sherry, just moved everybody back. We talked about before. Pedro's number two now. I uh, got Maine, uh, Perry, and El Duque moving all the way back. It's, it's really a steal for the match. So the four players that gave up. I mean, you want to talk about Guerra, uh, Dealist, where the uh, 18-year-old uh, minor league pitcher and what he could be, and Carlos Gomez and Philip Bomber. You want to talk about those guys? They, ha- they still have no major experience. It's a steal for them. It's an utter steal. The key to this trade wasn't the money, wasn't the uh, players that they gave, but was the timing of the deal. I mean, uh, the Mets do this deal like a month earlier, then they have to give up a lot more. The Mets, uh, you know, uh, pull some stuff out of this deal. They don't get it done at all. And uh, the money, uh, I mean, the Mets had to pay him a little bit more because they were in a situation where they couldn't afford not to sign him. So, But I think it'll be all worth it at the end, especially if uh, he brings a uh, world championship. Also, uh, we'd like to update you on a few hockey scores right now going on locally. Anaheim Mighty Ducks beating the New York Rangers 3-1 to in the third period. About 14 minutes left. Uh, the Rangers struggling right now as a whole. Well, they did have a decent streak uh, last week, but uh, since then, uh, struggling. I mean, the Rangers just very inconsistent season. That that's been the meaning of their whole season. They've been inconsistent, uh, and they haven't been uh, like how they were at some points last year. The Mighty Ducks are my winning because they just visited the president of the United States. Uh, the whole team was invited to the White House on Wednesday. So. Also, uh, the Islanders are also trailing in, in their game. Uh, they're only in the second period, though. The Islanders are at Pittsburgh tonight, trailing 3-2 to two, uh, late second period. Ryan Whitney for Pittsburgh has two goals in that game. Yes, of course, it's without Crosby. They're still the Pittsburgh Penguins are still playing yeah, great Crosby, uh, Penguins are playing. Uh, they're holding up for now, but they're going to be in a little trouble because they still have like another month, two months, without their all-star uh, center, Sidney Crosby, who's out. He, he's out a few months with the uh, severe high ankle sprain. Yes. And uh, the Penguins are really have to. Everybody has to up their game a little bit for them to survive. And, uh, all, the other, um, we're getting away from hockey now in the NBA. I mean, the big uh, news this week is Shaquille O'Neal going to Phoenix for uh, Sean Marion. We even get into that yet, but yeah. um, uh, the trade was for Marcus Banks and Sean Marion. You said. Uh, what do you think of this? What do you think of this trade? Who do you think uh, gets the better of this trade? You know, it's a tough call, but. But being that the Lakers just got called the soul, and now you have um, the counterpart Shaquille O'Neal against the soul at that division, I think the Phoenix is going to get a better deal. Because you looked at Miami, what's Miami the game from Sean Marion? It's not like it's, even if they win 10 games in a row, it's still like they're not going to be the A seed. 
So I think Phoenix gets a much better deal. I think Shaquille O'Neal is going to come back to the West and start playing the way he played when he was a Laker. So I think for the I mean, Suns, I don't know if he's going to play well. I think he'll help the Suns a little bit at first, but I think it's it's kind of a weird trade for me because the style of play that the Suns have, they're an up-and-down team. They like to push the ball down the court. And Shaq, at 36 years old and not the dominant self he once was, not sure if he can keep up with the pace of the Phoenix Suns. Well, I mean, the Suns are obviously a fast-paced team, but Shaquille O'Neal, what, he's an offensive player. Phoenix Suns, uh, I mean, well, he also, of course, has the, uh, has, nobody can buy him when he's uh, on defense. But uh, the thing is, you know, he, 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 he has, for center, he's a very good at shooting, you know, threes or uh, uh, he's also a great free-throw shooter. So I think for Phoenix, this is a great move. Uh, you know, I don't know what there's, or why they get him Sean Marion. I, I, I I thought they should have tackled some other guys in Marcus Banks. But, uh, you know, Shaq's going to really um, – with Steve Nash, that's dangerous, a one-two combo. I mean, you, and then you have Amari Stoudemire. So, uh, Phoenix is in a good position right here. And Miami, I don't know what – Miami's wanting to get rid of Shaq. He's probably probably maybe on the team, so I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, Shaq, I mean, the only thing I can see him playing a little better here is that um, he may be – he'll be a little bit more uh, motivated to be on a good team, a uh, championship – uh, caliber team in the Phoenix Suns, but I think overall the Heat get a younger star in Sean Marion, and uh, overall, I mean, this is a good trade for the Heat. I mean, you couldn't go wrong with this trade. You get a solid uh, player to build off of. Well, you can't. he's not your central building block of the team, but with Dwayne Wade and Sean Marion, that's a nice start. And um, I think that with Shaq uh, entering his uh, later years and the Heat not contending right now, they had to get rid of him. So good trade uh, by the Miami Heat. They got pretty good value for him. Like uh, if they if they waited till the trade deadline, they definitely would have gotten less because uh, people know that he would have had to be dealt. And the th- same thing with Jason Kidd. Even though net net fans, even though the Nets are in the playoff race right now, they're not winning anything this year. They're not good enough. So I think they should unload Jason Kidd. Yeah, I, mean, I really yeah, I really don't think it's a hard decision. Even though net fans, I mean it's gonna hurt, but. Uh, I think for the long run, I think it'll be better for your team if you unload Jason Kidd right now. I love the Badgers, you know. Uh, but what still happens, I mean, obviously, Vince Carter said it's not a distraction for the team, but we all know that, of course, any time a player like that, if rumors getting traded, especially a team like the Dallas Mavericks, then, uh, <laughs> and obviously it presents a distraction to the players. And getting back to the uh, Santana deal, just how it makes the Mets so much of a better team. And Santana, I remember last year had that, what was that, remember that 17 strikeout game he had in August. And that was, I mean, that, he, he's bringing so much to the Mets. We do have a call on the line right now, a 516 area code. Uh, what's the name we calling from on the sports docket? 516? Hello? Hello. I, he's not here right now. Yeah. All right, the call's on the line right now. Hello? <laughs> Hello, McFly. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're, we're, we're going to take a, uh, I guess uh, the caller is, uh, must have been on the line too long that he told sleep on his phone. Uh, so we'll, we'll get back to them after. We are we'll finish off your last uh, 20 minutes in style here on the Ace Man on the Quash Show. We'll talk uh, more about the Rangers, more about Santana, and uh, we'll take more of your phone calls at one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That's one six four six four seven eight 
5118. You know, I'm a little bad with the phone number tonight. I'm kind of like hesitating a little bit. I'm kind of forgetting a little bit. Oh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Hey, we'll be right back after this. We're sorry. There has been a slight problem with our system. Don't worry. We will transfer you to the WFAN radio and the Steve Summers radio show currently in progress. Well, first of all, Ghost Town is maybe the greatest upset in Super Bowl history. Tom Petty is 117 years old, and he actually sounded great in halftime. Most Super Bowl games are usually one-sided. There have only been 10 upsets of the 41. Now 11 upsets for the 42. You know, if you were going to go with your heart, you were going to go with the Giants. If you were going to go with the head, you were going to go with New England. They were 18 and 0. What was not the like about them? I think the real issue was why was he bringing flowers to Janelle? It wasn't Valentine's Day. He was in her doghouse. Now he's in New England's doghouse. The Giants pressured him all game long. They were in his face. Strahan, Justin Tott. Fred Robbins, Hockey Humanier, all of that. One big play. We're looking for one big play. Kevin Boss, 45 yards. David Tyree, wait a minute. We only see him on special teams. So here's Eli moving around, and all these New England guys are grabbing on him. They got a hold of his jersey. He stays up, throws up a jump ball with, like, Patrick Ewing getting the jump ball. David Tyree and Jay Alford and Justin Tuck, they made great plays all game long. And I'll tell you something. Shocky now. Better have next year a little bit more respect for Eli Manning so that when Eli maybe overthrows him, or Shockey runs the wrong route, the Shockey doesn't come back mouthing off into the huddle, intimidating Eli Manning. Now, all of New York and all of his teammates, including Tiki Barber, have to respect and admire the great comeback in New York Giants football history, engineered by Eli Manning. I heard fireworks, I heard people yelling, I heard the horns honking. It's a great day for New York sports, a great day for the New York football giants. Wait, hold up one moment there. Why in the world are you listening to WFAN and Steve Summers instead of tuning to us? You listen to Steve Summers, you know, every day this week except for Thursday night. Thursday night, you're tuning to the docket. Back to the sports docket, Ace and the Quad. Hello, Hello Mets, Mets fans. You're looking for a show that covers the Mets inside and out, and there's a show for you. The 7 Train Shane Mets Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. Join Matt, Greg, Mike, and special guests all season long with inside analysis on games, news, rumors, the minor leagues, and more. What's your opinion or ask a question by calling into the show? For up to the latest Mets news, rumors, opinions, and show schedules, visit our website at www.7trainshade.blogspot.com. For Mets fans, by Mets fans, it's a 7 Train Shade Mets radio show. Now back to Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Quads. And we are back on the air. The sports doc at Ace on the Quads, 9, 11 p.m. on a Thursday night in New York City. We're going to 9.30, and then you're, you're off to your own devices. So welcome back to the program, the sports doc at Ace on the Quads. Shows out into a lot tonight. Thanks to all of our callers. We had many. 
Uh, welcome back to our program. Call in in the last 19 minutes of the show, and we'll be sure to put you on. Again, of course, as alluded to before, MLB, of course, will be ongoing steroid, and Brian McNamee and Roger Clemens. It never ends, does it, Steve? I mean, unbelievable. Roger Clemens and Brian McNamee, I mean, uh, these two uh, used to be best of friends, trainer and uh, player. I uh, had a great relationship, of course. I didn't know it personally, but uh, that's what people say. And uh, apparently uh, Brian McNamee has been uh, keeping uh, syringes and gauze pads from uh, Clemens' uh, 2000 and 2001 season, of course, 2000, uh, the Yankees did win the uh, World Series against the Mets uh, with Roger Clemens starting two of those games. <laughs> but uh, Roger Clemens, I mean, with all of McNamee's evidence here and with all of the things going against Clemens, it's hard to believe him right now that he hasn't taken steroids. But, I mean, uh, you don't quite know until the uh, story goes to Congress, until they make an official decision on it. Yeah, it's just continuing. Andy Pettit had testified, Chuck Knobloch. I mean, it just never ends. And uh, good baseball to address this now before the season starts. Just get us out of the way and play baseball. Play some baseball already. Forget about all this crap, you know. Really, play some baseball. I mean, I can't wait for baseball. <laughs> Enough yeah, of well, crap. I mean, uh, you can't wait. Also, I'm, um, I'm oh, yeah. still going nuts over the Giants reaching the Super Bowl, so. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, Giants fans. the fact that I beat you in. I won the bet, by the way, if anybody's wondering. Yeah, you got a little lucky. <laughs> but, what was uh, the bet here? What was the bet? Well, that was basically uh, had to do with, uh, should we tell the listeners? I guess we should. Um, basically had to do with our revenue sharing. Uh, we'll decide the bet during the week. Something, right? Well, we'll, we'll decide. I uh, will decide, all right. We'll decide. Uh, but uh, well, I was going to say also another big story in MLB that uh, came across today was Kurt Schilling. And that uh, he is—he uh, may be done, not for just the season. He may be done forever. Uh, Kurt Schilling apparently uh, with a pretty bad injury. I'm looking for it right here. His arm. Me, I think it was his arm. Schilling arm. Yeah, these are reported injuries. These aren't official. But uh, it's a. Um, he reportedly had right shoulder discomfort in uh, January, and he was examined by a physician, and he performed, he visited a doctor who performed surgery on him in uh, the late 90s, yeah. and, uh... Well, he, well he's, uh, he spent seven weeks on... on it's sh- it's shoulder discomfort. He may have uh, a torn uh, muscle or something in there, so we'll have to yeah. see what happens with that. He's going yeah. to seek a second opinion, though, from another doctor. So, uh, yeah, take an MRI or something, see what happens. His contract is up also with the Red Sox. So that's why the injury Well, he's supposed to pitch this year, but apparently now it looks like he may uh, miss uh, spring training, may miss part of the season. And if he has to have a, a serious surgery, he may be done for his career. So, all of a sudden, Boston is going down in flames. I mean, some of the Celtics are struggling. The Patriots just lost Super Bowl. The Red Sox didn't get Santana. And now, Kirk Schilling going down. So, uh, with his injury year, so I mean, this is uh, all of a sudden Boston is getting uh, some uh, bad luck. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, the Red Sox, you know, one's uh, the um, I blanked out the World Series, of course, <laughs> in 2007 against Colorado Rockies. They swept them. But I, but I don't know if I've heard this stupid story, but apparently, uh, Somebody posted a video on YouTube about uh, Pedro Martinez and Hall of Fame pitcher Juan Marichal attending a cock fight in the Dominican Republic of two roosters fighting. 
stupid story. I don't know. I mean, I mean uh, apparently it was true. It was reported on several websites, including uh, Mets blog. How often is Saron wrong? He really isn't. And um, I'm really not too concerned. It, it appears that, uh, uh, what call it, he wasn't really involved in the fight, Pedro Martinez. He was just really there. So I well, wouldn't I, really be too concerned. Well, as long Let's get as back the, uh, to America and let's uh, get into uh, let's get uh, into some spring training here. Let's play some baseball. Yeah, yeah, as long as Bruce is our dog, Pedro's okay. <laughs> and a little bit of uh, news here that has recently just come through. Uh, Mets yeah. and outfielder Ryan Church have agreed uh, to a one-year, $2 million contract uh, to avoid arbitration for 2008. So, the Mets, the so he will be the Mets right fielder in 2008 after, of course, he got traded for a la- uh, with Brian Schneider for our last things village. We'll have all that information coming up sometime in March. We will have a special episode to preview the uh, Major League Baseball season. Yeah, and Speaking of, course, uh, of uh, baseball... If anyone listening who's interested in playing fantasy baseball, I will okay. be having a fantasy baseball money league this year. It will be uh, for twenty dollars a person on Yahoo.com. Uh, if anyone is interested, uh, uh, aim me or email me at uh, metsfanac910. That's metsfanac910 at aol.com. Uh, you can email me if you're interested in joining my league, and uh, if you're uh, a fantasy uh, fantasy baseball guy, uh, you're more than welcome to join. Yeah, so, so of course the Mets now will not be going to church on Sunday, any because uh, Ryan Church did not reach a deal with the Mets. Oh wait, oh they did. Hello? Yo yo, what's up? Yeah, oh, oh you said they did reach a deal with Ryan Church, right? They did. Oh yeah. Okay, good. All right. So the Mets will be going to church on Sunday. I didn't hear that. Oh uh, yes. Uh, and let's switch over to gear for the NBA. And of course the All Star Game coming up. I believe uh, was it February seventeenth. I think. It's coming up. Uh, in, yeah, the All-Star yeah. Game was in Vegas this year? No, it was in New Orleans. New Orleans. It was it in Vegas last year? Uh, yeah, that, that was a crazy Vegas game. Yeah, uh, definitely. But anyway, but anyway, Steve, I'm going to run down the roster quickly. Um, I'm going to do it um, position by position, and you're going to tell me, um, you know, uh, just uh, who's better. Who, who do you give the edge to? All right, let's talk. First, let's talk with the guards. Uh, Jason Kidd, Dwayne Wade versus Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson. Let me ask a quick question here. What happens if uh, Jason Kidd gets traded to the Western Conference before the All-Star game? Who does he play for? Well, that's a good question. Uh, Paul Gasol, well, actually he was in, I don't know that, that was question, but uh, if Jason Kidd gets traded uh, to the Western Conference before the All-Star game, <laughs> I guess he wouldn't play at all. I, I guess they would have to give... Uh, Chauncey Bill would be the starter if Jason Kidd gets traded. All right, so what were the guards again? I'll give the edge. Jason Kidd and Dwayne Wade for uh, playing for two bad teams versus Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson. Uh, so Kidd and Wade versus Kobe and Iverson? Yeah. I'll give the edge to Kobe and Iverson, I think. I think uh, Wade is not having his best of season. I think he made it just on because uh, uh, his name is Dwayne Wade. Jason Kidd, while he's having a good season, uh, Kobe Bryant and, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant just outdoes them. Yeah, Both. Just Kobe Bryant the... himself. And of course, Iverson, 26 points per game in Denver. Yeah, uh, Iverson is having a good year in Denver. I mean, this guy is getting a little older, but he's not playing like it. He's playing still like he's a uh, little young self. But we have won a championship. That's a big question with him. The big forward, like Kevin Garnett is having a renaissance season in Boston, uh, and LeBron James. LJ versus the likes of Carmel Anthony and Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, of course, playing forward. So Duncan and Anthony, 
Pickens is going to go for it on fourth and 13. It's the 31. Brady takes the snap, pumps, looks, 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 pumps again, throws downfield into the end zone over the head of Cassidy. It's complete. And Brady took another hit. Watson. Brady takes the snap, back to pass, steps up. He's one deep down the left sideline again in coverage, and it's knocked away by Jabril Wilson. It's complete. And that is it. The New York Giants have knocked off the New England Patriots 17-14 as Tom Coughlin gets a Gatorade pass. They get a final stand on the great Tom Brady. New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. And Tom Coughlin and the Big Blue erase all of their doubters. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17-14. And that, of course, was Bob Coughlin with all the calls at WFAN, the uh, Giants flagship station, um, since they began, really. And uh, Pop Pop had some calls there for hometown announcing. And the Giants, uh, all the defenses, tough straight. Even Jay Howell, what's on that guy? Never heard of him, but that big sack came over and hit uh, uh, man, uh, Brady from behind. That was huge. But uh, Brady got beat up in this game. There's no doubt about that. The Giants got to him. What did I say? If you go back to the show from last week, I said the key to this game was the Giants getting to Tom Brady. I said if they did that, they had a chance to win. And what happened? They got to Tom Brady, and they won the game by three points. So you say that, and they would cancel our bet. Because, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, as you said, I, again, I would like to thank all of our callers who called in. Uh, Michael Warren, uh, hopefully next time we'll get on Edward Valentine and Michael Warren. Unfortunately, so uh, I couldn't come, I guess. Uh, maybe he uh, forgot or maybe he couldn't get through. Uh, that's yeah, all right, though. It's all good. It's all good. Well, yeah, we did have a lot of callers. I'd like to thank all the Steven Lindbergh friends, my cousin Alan from New Jersey. Uh, we would like to uh, thank and all, all the listeners at home who didn't call in but still listened anyway. Uh, thank yeah. everybody. And, the cha- and also the Tennessee uh, callers, we appreciate your time and effort and what you were doing. So, uh, thanks so I don't much know how they found the show, but apparently uh, we're going global. Yeah, we are going global. We got some Tennessee guys on tonight, um, and uh, pretty nice show. Again, we're back at next week. Uh, we'll be shifting more of our gears to baseball. Uh, of course, basketball and hockey in full swing. Not much this time. Some of Knicks and Nets not going anywhere right now. Uh, Knicks, that game against the Pacers last night, they lost 103-100. Um, Crawford had a big game, but uh, the Knicks were victimized by Indiana, and they lost. I mean, they played tight, but they lost, they lost seven in a row now. They're 0-5 on this road trip. I mean, it, it just gets worse and worse for them. So uh, there's no point in playing basketball anymore. The Knicks are really uh, reeling right now. 14-35, I mean, you can't get much worse than that. And uh, yeah, but, but, of course, you got hockey. You got the uh, Devils, who are – Playing fair hockey of late. Uh, they did lose to the Sabres in shootout yesterday. You got the Rangers who are losing right now. And if they lose, all New York teams just... suck in hockey. Yeah, well, in basketball and basketball. If you consider Buffalo Sabres part of uh, New York, and they don't, and that, that, that doesn't. Well, Devils don't really stink. I mean, the Devils are in what are they in second place right now? I mean, the Devils are uh, doing pretty good. Zach Greasy is having a big game. Bodor is looking like the uh, Bodor of old. So I don't know about the Devils, but in Rangers now in the year, you got that kind of whole thing. Not for not much good the Devils. Well, well, they're in Jersey anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the Devils, I think they'll uh, make the playoffs do decent, but I don't think they're going to make the Stanley Cup or anything. I think uh, out of the East, I think your favorites will all have to be in the Northeast Division. 
I think Ottawa and Montreal are the two best teams right now in the Eastern Conference. Well, and, uh, yeah, surprisingly, but... uh, guess who's in first place? Washington Capitals. In the Southeast yeah. Division, they've jumped up to third place with their recent play. So uh, congratulations to them. I hope they make the playoffs. I'd love to see uh, Alexander Ovechkin on the big stage. Uh, and the guy's a freaking, uh, he's unbelievable. The monster, I mean, he's got right for these uh, points, trophy, but you know, I've always said this, Ovechkin, I really think is a better player than Crossy. I really think Ovechkin uh, is a more more clutch player, maybe not a m- much a team player, but Ovechkin is definitely more clutch player than, than Crosby. Um, Ovechkin has 46 goals. It's unbelievable. Yeah, still doubt about that. I mean, there's still like what, 25 games to go in the season. Guy's got 46 goals. He's on pace for like a 65 goal season. And uh, you know, of course, the record is on, like almost unbreakable. So, uh, if I would say anybody can do it, though, I would say it was this guy. Uh, of course, Wayne Gretzky with the 92 goals. Back, uh, oh my God, it's, it's ridiculous. That's 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 an average of over one goal per game. Oh yeah, Gretzky. I don't think Gretzky's gonna go anywhere near Gretzky's record, but um, uh, of course, I, I would call him a better player than Crosby, and he's sure showing that he's not leading his team to a first place record well, that division. Different I think the last thing with Ovechkin and Crosby, I think they're different players. Crosby. It's more of an all-around player, and Ovenskin's more of like a scorer and a motivator. But they're yeah. both good, and they're both uh, the best players on the team. Very talented. No, no doubt about that. Okay, team, we're gonna. Uh, and also, you want to end with a little uh, Giants fly high? That ends off in a couple of uh, weeks. Just to keep it in spirit. New York Giants, two bowl champions of forty-two, and uh, if they're two bowl, they're joining the, the few select teams that have. Three or more two bowls, and you know next up is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have uh, well, they have five, and, that, and Dallas Cowboys, I think, have four. So, we're end off here. Steve, you got a song, or you want to end me off? Oh, uh, you could uh, play a song if you like, or I could play a song. Well, actually, I, I have something else. Man, the, the Patriots just look kind of like they were paralyzed uh, in the game. So we end off a little bit. Single eleven, paralyzer. That's fine. Desperately, but so far has not been fun. I 